everybody, Kevin Wagstaff here, another episode of Spectora Spotlight. I am really excited for this one. We have Stephen Whittington of Wit Inspections down in Lakeland, Florida. Just a wonderful guy to talk to. Um, we've worked with him for about a year or so um, and worked with him on our marketing plans. And he is just a sharp individual, no nonsense, um, just an all around good business guy um, and you'll you'll hear that he has a diverse background and experience um, that obviously lead him to, to getting into what he's gotten into now and be a success story um, but I encourage everyone to reach out to guys like him because I do think they are um, just a wealth of knowledge and practical experience that lead to success stories like his so um, I hope you enjoy it it's Stephen Whittington all right <laughs> yeah, th thanks for figuring that out. How's uh, how's your week been? Been pretty busy so far. Been pretty busy so far. We've got um, <clears throat> just a lot of work, a lot of jobs coming in, and um, we're we're really just trying to keep up with the pace and and um, <clears throat> you know give give clients what they need. I love it. Been a little little hectic, a little hectic, <laughs> but <laughs> that's life in Florida <laughs> as an inspector, right? Yeah. Tell me about it. And I think I mentioned to you when we spoke last time, we have this little known, unless you live down here on the Gulf Coast or, or Texas or whatever, uh, this little known insect called the love bug. And it has just, they, they bloom twice a year. They, you know, they come out and fly around and they, they coat the front of your car. And you spend about every other day just washing them off because they're acidic and they'll literally eat the paint off your car. Um, so it, it's, it's been a disaster. <laughs> so car washes. So yeah, that, that's life in Florida. <laughs> car washes are a good business to be in down there. Is that right? Yeah, twice a year. <laughs> At least. <laughs> Indeed. Um, well, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's let everyone know who you are. You can introduce yourself, tell them where you're from, um, kind of how long your company has yeah. been around and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm Steven, Steven Whittington with Wit Inspections and, um, <clears throat> we're a home inspection company here in Lakeland, Florida. It's, uh, in central Florida, um, <clears throat> right along the I-4 corridor. We're about 45 minutes from Disney and 30 minutes from, uh, the beach or in Tampa. So we're kind of right between Disney and Orlando. A lot of people don't know where uh, Lakeland is, but we're, we're kind of in, in, a, in a nice little convenient spot here. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so we, we, um, we're a home inspection firm here, here in Lakeland. And um, originally I, you know, I was, I was born in Atlanta. I kind of grew up in the, in the North Gulf coast, mm -hmm. uh, went to high school in Pensacola and, uh, college in Tallahassee and um, just <clears throat> really kind of have been around Florida or coming to Florida my whole life even though I wasn't born here uh, this has kind of been uh, a place I've resonated with the most and like most Floridians you, you can still kind of not be born here to be a native <laughs> almost right. so right. Uh, yeah so I, I'm, I'm here and uh, yeah and so it leads me to, to Lakeland and met my wife uh, about eight years ago and we live here and just try to make the best of life. Beautiful. Beautiful. So how long has WIT inspections been in existence? So formally, formally on paper as a company, uh, I guess we, we, we just passed our two year point. Nice. Uh, so Congrats. that's, yeah, thank you. It's, it's a milestone. It's a milestone. And uh, we, uh, so we've been around two years as a company and of course, like, like anything else, it's, it's probably a couple of years in the making before that, and you don't even realize it's a couple of years in the making. It just kind of all the stars align and it comes together and, oh, I'm in business. <laughs> right. Right. What, <laughs> what business were you sense? in? What were you in prior to home inspections? Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I, w I was in property management prior to home inspections, um, uh, and I kind of transitioned over into being on the construction side of of property management um, <clears throat> with um, the company I was with, and um, just learned a lot. Really figured out that I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed that side of the business a little better. Um, <clears throat> it's really 
it, it's kind of interesting how I got into property management. When I, um, when I, I, it's probably a more common story than, than people realize, but you know, I got out of high school and went to college and I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I always, <laughs> always said, you know, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Uh, oh, you know, guitar seems like a neat class. I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not really realizing, Hey, maybe you should be on a degree track, you know? <laughs> so Join the club. I, um, yeah. So, so I, you know, it took me a little while to figure out that what I was doing wasn't really how it was supposed to be done. So I, I went and joined the Navy, um, and did that for, for, you know, excuse me, for, for my enlistment and I was a radar tech there. And when I was in, uh, you know, I, I kind of saw that, look, there's, here's a lot of people that are younger than I am and they've graduated and I'm having to salute them there, you know, I'm calling them mm-hmm. sir or ma'am or whatever the case is. So I'm like, you, you big jabroni, you should have finished your degree. So that became a priority for me. And uh, so I, I got back out, went and finished my degree. And um, <clears throat> I, I really didn't know what I wanted to major in. I just wanted my piece of paper. And so I started doing some soul searching. I said, you know, I really, I really like houses. I like houses a lot. As a matter of fact, it's such an important thing, not just from an aesthetic point of view, but is there anything else that we all share other than houses? You know, I mean, I, we all have to eat, we all have to breathe air and we need shelter. It's one of the basic, you know, requirements mm-hmm. of life. And um, so when, when I was a, in college, uh, my, my school, I went to Florida State, and they had a real interesting uh, degree program, very unique, and it was called housing. And a lot of people, you know, scratched their head, what's housing? You know, what is that? And is it, is it real estate? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of real estate. And is it, is it urban planning? Well, it, yeah, it's kind of that too. Uh, well, how about construction? Is it, is it, design, build, construction stuff, mm, architecture. Well, yeah, it's kind of that too. It, it was, mm-hmm. it was a really neat program. It was, it was a hybrid. Uh, only, only like four schools in the country actually had this major and we actually were the smallest major on campus, but uh, I said, this really interests me. And I had a friend who, uh, his girlfriend at the time, now his wife also was in the major and, and she seemed to really like it. And he said, man, if I could go back and start again, I'd do that major. I said, okay, I'm looking at it. I'm like, housing it is. Um, so I'm just going to knuckle down, get this piece of paper done with. Uh, and I loved it. I loved it. And this is about the time, um, you know, you got, uh, what, what is that show? Extreme home makeover, move that bus and all, and all yeah. that stuff going on TV, you know, yep. so that that's the zeitgeist of the time. And that's in the vernacular of everybody. And, um, so it's, it, it's, it's kind of hip. It's a little bit cool, you know, uh, at that, at that point in time to, to be in the housing and, and, and I just liked it. And so I got into the major and it really was, it was a little bit of blueprint reading, a little bit of public policy, we, uh, housing policy, you know, um, grants, uh, they call it CBDG money and all these other things. We, we learned just a lot, uh, you know, uh, from new urbanism to, to all kinds of things about just how neighborhoods are built, how the built environment and houses affect human health. Wow. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it was really in depth, really educational, uh, academic, an academic approach to it, and so that was all really neat stuff. You, you learn about, you know, just so much. I mean, textiles to different housing styles. What's a ranch? What's a Federalist? What's a, you know, Craftsman Cottage? And the history of those, and it, it's it's just cool. And and then I, I found out I, I got out of college, and I said, what am I going to do? What what job do I do with housing? I, you know, I'm just, just still a young man trying to figure it all out and we come to find out we never do. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we always, uh, keep going. And, um, so what I found is that, Hey, my major was sponsored by a lot of property management companies. Okay. Property management. Well, that has a connotation to it, uh, that I don't know if I want to be a property manager. I never really saw myself as a property manager. Well, I graduated in 06 and it's right before the economy went mm-hmm. down. So guess what I did? I became a property manager. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, so, so I stuck with that, and and I said, listen, there, there's, there's something good to be had out of everything, right? And um, you stay here, you learn as much as you can. And, and what I learned is a couple things. I, I learned, I learned how to really operate a business, and I learned that you can get 
seniority and rank and uh, learn how to read a P&L and all these other things at a really young age in that industry because they have a need for people. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it was really an opportunity that even though I didn't want it, maybe some higher power want, knew I needed it. Right. And, you know, and <clears throat> so, yeah, so I did that for a while, went through a management training program. I ended up as a, uh, an area manager over a couple of apartment communities. And I just I really just learned so much. Um, that I didn't know would apply to what I'm doing today. And uh, it's been great. You know, um, I, uh, I learned about uh, just some real obscure things like poly B, that gray poly, you know, piping that uh, leaks into houses and everybody, you know, in, you can't get insurance, whether they say and stuff like that. And uh, I had a property with poly B and <laughs> like yeah. about a 101 course in it. And, uh, you know, you, you learn about dispute resolution, you, you learn about, um, how to manage people. Boy, that's a, that's a, a mountain of a task that is really underappreciated unless you've done it. Absolutely. So, like, I actually yeah. want to pause and dig into that because I, I think I was talking to, um, a newer inspector the other day and he said, one of the hardest things to wrap your head around is like what the day-to-day -day management of agents and buyers is kind of like, like managing people, like you just said. Um, what, what are some specific things you learned in the course of property management and the construction side that help you just manage the people? I know it's a very vague way of saying it, but what are some things that helped you, like whether it's patience or communication and, and kind of dig into that? I think all of the above. Um, patience, communication, those are the key parts to it. And, uh, you know, some of the things I've, I've learned both between the Navy and being in property management is I got a really good look at what, at least in my opinion, is this is a good leader or manager and this is not a good leader or manager. And I, I got to experience, work with, work under, work above, all of the above. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and it helped me decide what kind of leader I want to be. Uh, I, I've been, you know, just in those situations where you can just tell that leader is very Machiavellian. They, maybe they're self-serving, but they just won't quite admit it. I, I had a manager admit to me one time, I, I said, well, you know, the, some decision he was making. And I said, that's not really for the best long-term for the company. I looked at him and I said, but it's better for your bonus. Isn't it? And I winked and he said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just, it just let me realize like you have your own interests at heart and that's not what you should be doing. And I'm just not wired that way. I, I want to do the best I can by people. And I, I just, I just haven't dealt with it. Well, so I, I don't even know if I'm answering your question entirely, but I, I think, you know, having a good mental picture of this is a good manager, this is a good leader, and realizing that a leader and a manager are not the same thing. You can be a leader without being a manager. A manager is bestowed upon you as like a title. You know, you, you are now manager. And um, a leader is something that kind of happens more organically. People want to follow you when you're a leader. And, and I think there's uh, a lot to be said for that, you know. So I think the, the best management and leadership advice I could give would be, you know, make people want to come, make that horse want to come and drink, keep them without chains. And yeah. if you can do that, then you're going to have a legion of followers, a legion of people who want to be around you because you're not threatening to them. You're not treating them bad. You're treating them with respect and below it all is the golden rule. You know, if you treat people the way you want to be treated, treat them right. It's, you're never going to go wrong, you know, and, and it's really that simple. It is, uh, but yet tons of inspectors probably struggle with it, which is great. Um, and this is, this is another reason why I love doing this podcast because just hearing the different, even the different words, different inspectors use to articulate what's important, what they've learned, how they apply it to their business. You just mentioned leadership management leading by example quite a bit. And that's not, that's not the norm, which is great because it sounds like you maybe see yourself as a leader to the customer, to the agents. And I, that's such a confident position and such, I think it's just something people gravitate towards. And so 
for anyone listening, I think it just shifts your mindset a little to say, you know, I am a leader. I'm leading this transaction, this conversation. And it, it just makes you authoritative too on the topic that you're talking to people about. So it's just fascinating. I don't know if you, that was by design or if you've always thought that way, but it's fascinating to hear you talk about it in terms of leadership as opposed to, Oh, I got to get agents. I got to just give people a report. I got to tell them what's wrong. You know, it was a, it was a bigger theme, which I liked. No, well, I, well, thanks. Yeah. And, and I, I would, uh, I didn't intend for it to be that way, but I, I think it probably is a bigger theme. And, you know, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, we're all in business and at the end of the day, we're businessmen and women and uh, we just happen to be in home inspections. And so whatever you're doing, uh, you got to take it by the horns and, and you got to control what you can control and you got to uh, really try to drive that. You have to be as responsible for the success of it as possible and how you define sex success is up to you, you know, up to the individual. But, uh, you know, for me, it was always about, I want to learn everything that I can. I've always been kind of really into just learning things. I used to take, when I was a kid, I'd take my radio apart, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really wanted to, to just learn as much as I could. I was just a curious kid. And um, so I think for me, the way that I guess maybe I, I can be authoritative or whatever is kind of that subject matter expert uh, approach, because at the end of the day, people want uh, a competent home inspector. They want somebody who knows and, and they want somebody who's honest and treat them the way they want to be treated which means that they don't know that they admit it and they say, I don't know, but let me find out. Right. And, um, and so, so yeah, I think, um, that's kind of just, I think my natural approach to it. I like it. I like it. I love it. And what I'm, I'm, I'm also noticing a trend, the more and more high performers and people that get off to quick starts that I talk to, um, it's really refreshing and cool to see the diversity of background and experiences, which, um, in my opinion, lead to being more relatable, being able to communicate better, feeling more secure and comfortable with who you are and where you're at and all these things that play into, okay, does someone trust you and will they pay you money to do a good job over and over again, which right. is the name of the game, agents to like you, trust you and keep referring you. Um, and so that's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's exactly right. And the world was giving me skills I didn't know I needed, but it knew I needed. Right. And, you know, I was lagging it. So it gave me those skills through the property manager through, you know, people can get pretty upset when their toilet's not flushing or, or you know, or, or, or if you file eviction on them because they didn't pay rent, people get really mad. Trust me. I, I get it. The home, whether it's an apartment or a house is a very, very personal thing. It's, it's where it all starts and ends. Right. So, uh, but, but I didn't finish Kevin. I, so I, um, after property management, I ended up, and this is, I think, one of the things we were going to talk about a little bit is kind of trends in the industry and stuff. And this is probably a, a, a good segue into that. I, um, uh, you know, the recession, of course, everybody knows about the recession. It hit and it hit a couple states particularly hard, including Florida. Um, so that is one of the areas where, you know, a lot of these old bracket banks and hedge funds decided that they were going to um, invest because there was a lot of empty houses and foreclosures and short sales going on. And so we had uh, quite a few investors here to central Florida, Tampa, Orlando, probably one of the biggest areas of the country that, that you had these, these big, big money companies coming and scooping up houses. And so I ended up doing single family property management after that, Mm -hmm. after, after the apartment industry, uh, and I just got to the point, I was sick of sitting on my backside. I said, I, I just don't want to do this on my back anymore. <laughs> you know, I don't want to yeah. sit down in an office any, anymore. And, and uh, I, I, so I, I was working for uh, one of those big single family investors here in central Florida. Um, and uh, we were, we were growing the company. It was a real neat time. They used to say we were, we were building the plane as we flew it. And, uh, <laughs> That always, that always made me scratch my head. I'm, you know, I'm just like, you shouldn't do that. You crash. Right, <laughs> that, right. that hurts when you fall. Uh, but we did anyway. And um, I, but I, met, I met some really great friends there. I met some really great leaders there. And I realized 
it just kind of reiterated, you know, what we were talking about before. What kind of leader do I want to be led by? What kind of leader do I want to be? What kind of contribution do I have? Because I, I feel like if you understand something, if you have the knowledge of something, then you have the responsibility as well that goes along with that. You know what I mean? So yeah. if, if I know a lot about houses, if I know a lot about property management, if I know a lot about, hey, there's a better way to do it, I can't hold off. I have the responsibility to do it. So, um, so at this, at this single family company that I was working for, they own, gosh, I think they bought something like five, four or 5,000 houses in the Tampa Bay market alone. Wow. Uh, and that's not including, you know, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, Atlanta, all these other places that they bought. And, um, so we really on their dime, I got to learn a lot um, that, hey, I learned it in textbooks in school. I learned it in my housing major, but now I'm getting to see the application. This is real experiential learning now. And, and um, you, you know, both leadership and the technical aspects of the house. And um, so that led me to, to there. I had some really good friends who, who worked there um, and they let me, I, I, oh, I remember where I was going. I, I, I was, I was tired of sitting on my backside mm-hmm. and uh, I said, I want to get up. I want to move more. So uh, I told, I told my supervisor at the time, a good friend of mine, her, her name's Lisa. I'm still friends with her today. So um, I said, Hey, I want to do this. She said, no. <laughs> and I said, why? She said, because I need you right where you are. And then, and then uh, a couple months later, she was leaving the company. I said, Hey, remember that thing I talked to you about? Uh, and she said, yes. And she said, okay, you can do it now. So I went on to be a superintendent, a construction superintendent for them. Okay. And, uh, I really got, you know, to learn how to, you know, Hey, I'm writing budgets. I'm taking new acquisition properties, uh, that we would just buy and Hey, does it need a roof? Does it need a B and C? And that was the real segue that let me lead into the path that home inspections would, would be an ideal thing for you. So, so I was a construction superintendent there, um, ended up becoming um, the rehab director at, at the local branch and, and just really saw how teams work. I to kind of reiterate that. And my wife would always say to me, she said, you, you, you have this bag of tricks that you put together, this golden bag of tricks. And, you know, you can, you can use it uh, if, if you just pay attention. And so, so that, that's the rest of the story, Kyle. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, let's see. So you, you were a superintendent and then how did that, what happened from being superintendent to home inspector? Like what, what was uh-huh. the, the bridge that was gapped there to say, okay, I'm going to go to work for myself. Yeah. Well, uh, actually my friend, uh, who was my supervisor, Lisa, I, w- I was talking to her one day and, uh, you know, like a lot of people, I, was, I, I we loved working for that single family company, but like a lot of organizations, as they grow, as a corporation grows, uh, it gets a little more impersonal. Mm-hmm. It gets a little more Machiavellian. Yeah, you don't really understand the decisions coming from the top all the time. And uh, not that you have to, uh, but they, they, they take a, they become an organism of themselves for better or worse. And, and you might decide that you just don't really don't want to work in that kind of environment. And or that you can do better. And so I got to the point where I was like, you know, I just kind of feel like there's something more for me Mm -hmm. Uh, and having lunch with her one day. And she said, you know, you would be a good home inspector. (laughs) And I said, what? I thought, I don't, I don't know. I never thought of it. I, I really had never thought of it. All the academic training I had on housing and, you know, urban policy and, uh, to my property management profession in so she said that to me and I, I was, I was really kind of scratching my head and I said, you know what? I went home that night and I thought about it. I said, you know, she's onto something. And I, I really revere her as a person. She has this kind of sixth sense and you know, she can just kind of see stuff. So yeah. when she said that it, it, it kind of reached out to me and uh, it grabbed me and I, and I thought about it and I said, she's exactly right. She's exactly right. And then I started, you know, kind of channeling my wife's comments. You know, you have this bag of tricks. This bag of tricks would be perfect for that. I, I don't have to be on my backside. I get to walk around. I get to move. Uh, you can grow it as big or as small as you want to be. 
there's a need for it. You can, you don't have to be in this, um, this corporate culture that, you know, for better or worse, and I'm mm-hmm. not trying to bash corporations, you know, because they have certainly served a purpose and a, and a benefit to our society as well. Um, but I knew that it would be a place where I could really make a mark. And, and since I have the responsibility, right, because I have this understanding of maybe houses that uh, a lot of other people don't, um, I have the responsibility to share that with my community. So uh, that's how it was born. Wow. So what that night or the next day or what, what did you start typing, researching? Did you call someone? What was the, what was the, the steps and the thought process from, okay, this is going to happen now. Yeah. I, um, I knew a couple of home inspectors from working for the single family company. Uh-huh. And because they would hire home inspectors to check a house out before we purchased it. And they would have us as superintendents go to these houses and, um, you know, ch- check them out with them and write a pre what they called a pre-acquisition budget, a scope of work to, to decide, I guess, if it was in their buy box at the end of the day or not. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew some home inspectors to re- out, reach out to. And uh, I reached out to a friend of mine uh, who was a home inspector, good guy. And um, I always thought he had kind of a neat life. He used to show up there with his dad uh, to do, I guess his dad was a home inspector as well, but kind of getting to the point where he didn't really didn't want to climb ladders, but you know, I, I thought it was neat that they were able to do that and, uh, together. And so, uh, you just talked to him about it a little bit. I, I looked up how to get the training for it. Um, realized that thankfully because of, you know, the, the training and the schooling that I had previously, I was a lot closer than I really realized that I was. Right. And, yeah, so, you know, good old Google, <laughs> yep. you know, Google searches and things like that. You just, you just research and I almost uh, overspent for a school. Uh, I'm glad I didn't do that. The information's out there. Uh, it's very readily accessible. Uh, so if anybody is looking to get into home inspections and they don't know where to start, um, please don't spend a lot of money on the big school. I can... I can help you uh, get where you need to go. Just give me a call. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, and that, that resourcefulness to know that the information is out there. Um, tons of good resources out there. I, I love hearing that. Yeah. What, were there any hesitations or hurdles or anything where you thought, oh man, this, this could be tough um, when you were starting up? A couple things come to mind, but <clears throat> I figured out really quick that the biggest hurdle for me was the gray matter between my ears. That was my biggest hurdle. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I realized that 90, 99% of everything holding me back was um, beliefs and in my own head, can I, can I not do this? Uh, is, is it worth it to do it? Um, and then I, I, I just had to take a step back and look at the facts, you know, all right. So when when I get like that, I, this is a kind of a weird thing I do, but it works for me. I start counting my fingers. Okay, I got ten fingers. Count my toes. I got ten toes. You know, <laughs> like like a mom would do with a baby. Uh-huh. You know, like oh, ten fingers, ten toes. He's ready for the world. Uh, and uh, so I say, you know, I got ten fingers, ten toes. I think I got everything I need. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. So I. Um, I, I just take it down to that simple level for myself sometimes and yeah. uh, say, you know, get out of your own head, stop psyching yourself up, just pay attention, take one step at a time. You're not trying to build a fortune 500 company here. Uh, and just, just, just go do some home inspections and try to offer a good service. And, and it did, it, I did. And it organically grew from that. Um, I think people liked, that that was my approach. You know, um, some people say that you're in business to make money. Well, don't get me wrong. You know, you, if you don't have money, it, it's, it's a big deal. You know, you need to be able to make a living. Um, they, they say a lot that, you know, money's like oxygen. It's no big deal until you don't have any. You know? <laughs> right. So, right. right. But, so don't, don't get me wrong. It's important to make a living, but I really didn't want that to be my focus. I wanted to take what I could and, and really contribute to my community to, 
to what's the best way I can with the knowledge I know how. Well, I could go work at the soup kitchen, but that's not really going to help me make a living either. Right. Um, you know, so I, I just, I just had the mindset that if, if you focus on doing the best job you can, um, and, and being as authentic and transparent with them as possible, that uh, that's always served me well in other areas of my life. I've, most of the, the great friendships I've made have been because of that trait. So why wouldn't that transfer over to business? And, and I, I just realized if, if you're working for money, you're not working for the right reason unless you have to, you know, but, um, you put that so well, like, I want to, I want to highlight this real quick because I, as you, as I'm hearing you say this, I'm being present and, and trying to take it in and it, it's very genuine. And so I think there's, there's people that truly believe what, what they, what they think and what they feel kind of like I'm hearing from you. And then there's people that try to convince themselves of it. And I, all I can tell to people out there and, and younger inspectors or new inspectors is really practice getting into that mindset of just delivering value and trying to connect with people and doing a great job. And the rest typically follows if you have, you know, other things in line and, um, you know, you're doing your other things well, but I'm so happy to see your success because of your approach and mindset. And then the money follows, you know, and it just ends up working out. Um, but it's for, yep. the, for the right reasons. Worked for me so far. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. So yeah. where did the first five to 10 inspections come from? Like, how did you get them? Like, what did you actually do? You know, pretend a new inspector's listening now that just launched, just got his license ready, some websites out there. And he's like, okay, shit, now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no i mean isn't that the hardest part and that that's where the the gray matter between your ears really can get in the way sometimes if you overthink it um you know for me i was fortunate uh that i had a couple friends who were agents r realtors and um one super nice person i i'll say her first name melissa she gave me my first inspection <laughs> and uh, she still uses me today, but she knew me from a former life where she trusted me and my judgment. She knew my um, knowledge of housing and houses and, you know, building science was not bad. So she, she, she didn't, I guess it wasn't too big of a gamble for her, but right. Um, uh, so, so, you know, it, you take the approach again, we, we are all in business. We're businessmen and women. And we are just uh, happen. We just happen to be in the home inspection business. It just happens to be what we do, right? So, no matter what the business is, how do you how do you get work? How do you get jobs? Well, you got to let people know about yourself. And uh, you know, we're we're a subset of the real estate industry, so we work hand in hand with with agents and brokerages, things like that. Um, even though we don't have to, you know, we can we can go out directly to the general public and take that tack as well to get leads. But at, at the end of the day, you look at, you know, agents and how they tell agents to, to you know, cultivate business and, and whatnot. And um, it, the same principles apply. I mean, you, uh, where do you start when you're a new agent? Well, you, you kind of, you let everybody know that you're an agent, right? <laughs> if they don't know, yeah. they can't use you. So you work on your sphere of influence. So that means, you let mom know, you let dad know, you let your friends know, maybe you let Facebook know, you know, and just kind of you start with your immediate circle. And then they're like, Oh, even the home inspector. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. Joe's a home inspector. Okay, cool. Let's see how long this lasts. Who knows? You know? Um, <laughs> and, and then, you know, six months from now, if you stuck with it, you stayed with it. And then they see, Oh, he's still a home inspector or she's, a home inspector or they're they're still a real estate agent now they're starting to say well maybe they're kind of taking this seriously maybe they're they're out there and they're really trying to make something of this so if you're a new inspector out there and you're trying to get you know that first client or that first couple clients to ramp it up the number one thing i can tell you is let people know be relentless uh and continue like continue being repetitious about it you know uh, you don't want to be scary to people, of course, and you don't want to, you know, frighten them or hit on them or anything crazy like that. But you do, uh, you do want to just kind of be that persistent face. So when they think about a home inspector, because right, a lot of times we're a one and done type of, of, of service for a lot of people, except for the agent. 
who needs a, another one and another one and another one. So if, if, if you keep putting yourself in front of them, they start associating you with it, the business will come. And it. it'll repeat if you do a good, honest job. It doesn't mean writing the most difficult home inspection out there, uh, the most difficult report. It doesn't mean, you know, um, being overly, you know, I hate, I hate the word deal killer, but I can't think of anything else to say, so I'll say it. Right. It doesn't mean being a deal, deal killer, you know, because you're, you're so technically astute on it, but it, it just means doing a, a good job and um, and being likable and i think if you do that I, i've heard the word snowball a lot in this and i've found that to be the case as well it just seems to snowball yeah absolutely and this is advice for an experience you know you could be a 10 person firm or a new guy or with three and i think it can't be you can't you can't do it enough where you just be a good person you connect with people you mention it because i think back to my real estate days where I would strike up conversations with people one because I just like talking to people and connecting with people no matter where you're at, whether it's a party, mm-hmm. kids soccer game, if real estate comes up, all it takes sometimes is a simple statement like, Oh yeah, as a home inspector, I see X, Y, and Z or a man as a home inspector, that kind of scares me thinking about this. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned it to someone who might know an agent or who might be an agent. Um, right. So I love that you mentioned that because I think a lot of inspectors hold back on that part. They just want to be the technical guy, drop off flyers, and then your phone rings off the hook, which never happens. That's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Um, you no, have to. You, you got to own it. You, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's worth highlighting that it's simple, but not easy to talk about it and get it out there consistently. And even on Facebook and he, and I want to make it clear because we work with marketing plans a lot, um, yours included. And we, we don't tell inspectors, Hey, if you're going to do a Facebook post, do not do the tired old, Hey, need a home inspection call with home inspection. No, like if they need one, they're already <laughs> looking for it. They're already, they already found it. Yeah. Mention- and that's the thing too. It's a soft sell. Yeah. Yeah. Mention something else. Say, Hey, as a home inspector, I'm looking at interest rates or the real estate market is doing this. What do you guys think? Engage conversation, right. open it up, things like that. So that's yeah. kind of basic marketing stuff. Yeah, and I mean, you think about our industry as a whole, we're not an old industry. You know, I, I think most things I've read on the history of home inspection say it really came to fruition about the mid 70s. Right. So we're a relatively young industry. Uh, we're out there, we're, we're <laughs> and when it started, a lot of people didn't get home inspections. You know, it, it, it was, I think, maybe five, eight percent of people got home inspections at the time. But at that point, it was a hard sell. People didn't realize they needed it. But nowadays, yeah, eighty percent of people are getting, you know, of all houses purchased, or, or is roughly the statistic I think I've read. You know, they're getting a home inspection. Uh, and so, at this point, it's a soft sell for you. So don't convince them that they need a home inspection so much as you're the one they need it from. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay. So you got, you know, you started to ramp up, tell people about it, started to snowball. Um, from then was it, has it just kind of been a wild ride since where it's like just keeping up with demand and continuing to do high quality stuff and connecting with new agents? Did agents tell other agents about you? Like how did talk us through the snowball phase of like the last two years? Right. So I, I think one of the things I always wanted to do is not be beholden to any one group of people for my source of leads. So, and, and I think the big fear that came from was, you know, the, the great recession we had, you know, my goodness, you know, nobody's buying houses and it's a scary time. Now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I never wanted it to be like, Oh, you know, all my leads come from this one source and if the economy goes down or they get upset with me or whatever the case is, and I'm out of business and, you know, I want to control my destiny for it. So, and that, that's kind of been the approach that I've put into building my leads here with this, you know, with, with inspections. I, um, I, I work for um, the client, but I also work with the agents and, you know, my lead sources, maybe I, maybe uh, if, if times are lean, I'll, I'll turn my home advisor on, I'll get some leads from home advisor. Um, I, you know, I, I get a lot of direct stuff right from my website through you guys, you know, um, you put it out there, you made it super easy for people to go on and actually book an inspection based on the availability of my calendar. And that has been, uh, it succeeded really what I thought would happen. 
uh, with it. Uh, and it's partially because of, you know, the SEO efforts and um, people going out to Google and finding me. But so, you know, I, I get leads from Google. I get leads from the website. I get leads from HomeAdvisor if necessary. Um, one of the, I have word of mouth leads. Um, and so they're not all coming from one source. They're coming from a diverse area. And, and what I've found happened is maybe somebody finds me on Google or maybe an agent tells them about it or they find me on HomeAdvisor or whatever the case is. Well, they, uh, maybe they went out and got their own direct home inspector like me, but they're probably still working with an agent. So now the agent knows about you and they want to meet you and maybe they want to make sure that you're up to snuff, you know, or whatever the case is. And uh, you usually end up exchanging cards and whatnot. And uh, there's been several cases where I've converted that into another source of uh, inspections as well. And that's, that's kind of how the snowball effect works, um, you know, and so you, you've got multiple sources of leads, uh, and one of the things that I've really focused on too, and it, I probably have been fortunate because of the time I spent in the single family industry is, you know, there's, there's a new trend emerging now with iBuyers, these uh, internet buying companies. It's, yep. it's usually big money and they're coming out and you got a litany of them. Some are well-known, some are not, you know, uh, even Zillow's doing it now, and I think uh, I think I read on Inman that Keller Williams is going to do its own iBuyer thing too. And uh, I'm fortunate to live in uh, really smack dab between two markets that are just two of the hot spots for that to happen: Tampa and Orlando. Um, and that's another source of leads. So I, uh, you know, I had some uh, people I knew in the industry, and I was now I'm able to to get a regular amount of business from iBuyers who were, who were looking to. To purchase as an investment, and um, it, I have a diversified set of leads that, if one pulls the plug, it doesn't pull the plug on my business. And so that has been, um, I think, I think key. I think it's been really key for the growth. And I think that's that's what you should look into as being a home inspector, you know, or any business you're in to, to try to diversify your leads and. Um, to keep you in control of that destiny. I love it. And I love that you mentioned the, the online stuff. It's crazy that I still am kind of one of the ones that beats the table in this industry of, Hey, when you get an online lead and you're not just making three to $600, you're meeting an agent that belongs to a group or an office of agents. So that one lead could in theory make you tens of thousands of dollars a year. If you yeah. blow them away and do your best job. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. If you're always doing what you're supposed to be doing, the rest will take care of itself. If you treat that customer like they should be treated, the rest is going to take care of itself. If you do a good, honest home inspection, if you treat people with transparency and honesty, the rest is going to take care of itself. So that one lead will definitely have the potential to turn into who knows. And it's a difficult thing to deconstruct because I'm always trying to, the, 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 and I'm talking about the part where you say just, do these things, do a good job, be who you are, because that's obviously wrapped up in everyone's life experiences and who they are up to this point. But there's always things, you know, the inspector sit at home and says, well, shoot, I wasn't in the Navy. I didn't run a property management business. How do I get better at all of these intangibles? And I think and you can tell me what you think, what your answer is, but my belief is it just takes some intentionality and some focus on it. And it's going to feel awkward at first trying to be more likable or more transparent or, you know, more comforting to people, but you have to yeah. practice. It's like a muscle to keep trying to. It's like a muscle. Yeah. Listen, it's exactly what it is. It's like a muscle. Repetition is the father of learning. If you're not good at something, make it your favorite thing. If you're not good at talking to people, talking to people, now it's your favorite thing to do because <laughs> yep. I said so. I like it <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you're going to get better at it. That's how, you know, you're going to, we used to always say that, you know, in the Navy and other places, if you're not good at something, if you're weak in one area, now it's your favorite thing to do. Guess what? You're going to be doing it all the time because that's how you're going to get better at it. You're not going to get better by avoiding it. You're, you you got to get out there and, and flex that muscle and, and work it out. I'm actually going to write that down. That might be the title of the podcast. <laughs> what is that? If you're not good at something, that's your favorite, that's your favorite thing to do. That's a good one. Um, 
Love it. Um, okay. Well, that's good because I, I know everyone, you know, we get high performers on here and that means a lot of times because of the things you guys have been through. Um, and I want people to take bits and pieces, you know, nuggets from, um, people that have ramped up really nicely. Um, you also said, Hey, you're a business person. And I think every home inspector needs to believe that and say that to themselves 10 times or write it on the chart or whatever, because it's a mindset. Like you're a business person, mm-hmm. not a true. You're bona fide. Yeah. And you got to see yourself that way. Uh, it, there's a lot of credibility that our industry used to not have that it has now. And it's because people approach it with a business mindset. Exactly. Exactly. I know internachi has been huge about that. They've had a huge hand in the industry. Um, you know, making it more professional, um, you know, and it shows there's right. you know, everyone I've had on this podcast, I consider a true professional, um, of the business. And you can't say that about every home inspector in the business, unfortunately. Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's sad, but true. It's true. But we're headed in the right direction as an industry. I, I believe that. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So you're at where you're at. What is, uh, what's the future look like for you? And then we'll move on to some trends and you know what you're seeing out there, but what, yeah. What are you excited about this year? What are you looking for in the, in the second half of this year? Yeah, well, uh, I guess it's a two-part question. You know, I, uh, for me, on a, on a personal level, um, as a company, uh, we're just looking to continue that growth, kind of uh, continue that trend um, of diversifying the lead sources, um, capturing them, converting them into, into jobs, into uh, hopefully several jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more importantly, into relationships, right? Um, so, and that's just, we're just going to continue flexing that muscle. We're going to continue uh, having our least favorite things be our favorite things so we can uh, grow as people, as, as a company. Um, I think one of the things for me that, to kind of drill down into specifics, we are kind of at the point where, oh man, I don't know if we can really handle any more work with, you know, just mm-hmm. me doing inspections. And so I'm really trying to you know, decide, okay, what's the future of wet inspections? Am I going to be okay doing this or do I need to grow into something more? And I, I think about, you know, me saying earlier, I have that, that responsibility if you have the knowledge to do it. Um, and I, I want to contribute to the community as well. And I think the best way I can do that is to continue to grow with inspections and to being the best it can be. And so uh, I've decided, you know, I, there's going to be a point where I do transition into being a multi-inspector firm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really just trying to prepare for that. And one of the things I can do and, and that I am doing is really trying to build efficiencies in what I do. now. So whether it's report writing whether it's inspecting a home, whether it's the phone conversation with the potential client or, you know, an agent or a current client, I, I build efficiencies as much as I can uh, because the idea is that I can bottle it up and then I'll have the best chance of repeating it. And don't get me wrong. Every inspector is different because every personality is different. So I, Maybe I'm a higher inspector and he or she uh, may be a different personality than me. But the idea is that the deliverable, the report, and the customer service experience are going to be with inspections. Right. And that's going to be part of the brand. And um, so, so that's kind of what I'm working on now, Kevin. I'm just trying to, trying to take everything. I, we, I actually have quite a bit of efficiency already in what we do, but it's it's one thing when you're doing it, it's a different thing to, to scale it and duplicate it. And so um, I'm working on, on trying to, to file, you know, fine tune the, the final details and then uh, bottle it up so I can, so I can uh, distribute it to others. Hopefully. Love it. I have no doubt that you'll be able to, um, you know, plenty of good inspectors down there that I think do make better employees than running their own business. You know, I think it's not for everybody mm-hmm. to run your own, to train, to scale, um, and so, yeah, for anyone listening or if, let me know if you want us to kind of scour the network. Um, you know, there's always, we've thought about creating a marketplace almost for that, where it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, multis that use Vectora, single man for, uh, companies that maybe want to get on with, um, you know, a growing company instead of go at it alone. So just something we made. Yeah. That's great. 
Um, what other trends are you seeing with clients, agents, um, just how, how you're interacting with them? Like what, anything that you're seeing out there that's kind of shifting before our eyes? Every day, every <laughs> day. It, and that's, that's been, that's been the story. I mean, really, uh, you know, it comes down to, you know, the internet, right? That's always been the thing that has changed so much. And then yeah. we have the internet on our phone and, Oh my goodness. And so what, I, what I've found is that you have a really informed client a lot more than you used to, mm-hmm. but the other side of that sword, the other, the other side of that coin or, or is that people don't know as much about houses as maybe they used to. True. And, and it's so strange because we have all this information out there at the internet more than we've ever had. I mean, exponentially more than we've ever had at our fingertips. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing changes in society because of that. And, uh, you know, I, so I think that's one trend and, you know, I mean, that's going to continue. That's been around a while. It's going to, it's going to stay that way. People in the, the internet and the availability of information, but I think it's their ability to find you too. And, um, I think that's a trend that's going to continue, you know, historically and, and we still do it. You know, you got to get out there and market to the ages and that's true. That's so true. You do. Um, you know, sometimes they say, I've heard the term uh, low hanging fruit. You got to go after the low hanging fruit. You know, if you want work, you know, it's, it's easier to go out and convince a, an agent to give you a shot than, than find somebody buying their home out there um, or, you know, selling a home out there that you need a pre-inspection or whatever the case is. But um, you can really, you can really convince people um, that they need your service. And I think, uh, you know, finding you on the internet is a way they can do it uh, and they are doing it. Um, So I see that as continuing as a trend. Um, Let me see here. Oh, and I'll jump. I I have to jump in before this thought leaves my head. What you just described to me is the perfect storm for, content marketing for home inspectors. And and here's why is okay. People, millennials in particular are great at finding information. And so with attention spans being shorter, great. They can, they, they will Google something quickly to find an answer or to get to the right person, but they're not going to like go in depth to learn about the ins and outs of an AC condenser or furnace filters, things like that. So in my my mind, exactly what we're going to be doing for you, you know, over the next six months to a year is, get valuable resources out there online that people can find and your business will benefit from it because they can find, they find your brand, they see wit, they get the information they need. And they're like, Oh yeah, that guy's a home inspector too. Like I might as well give him a call or mm-hmm. find your resources. So to me, it's a perfect coming together of people are searching for information or for experts, but they don't want to be the expert because you're the expert. Right. You have to just enable them to find you online, which is right. Good content right good blog posts yeah and the ability to have uh information at a personal level out there on the internet is easier than it's ever been yeah you know you don't you don't really have to know as much about seo and and html and those kind of things as you used to have to know um and so i I think uh the more information that's available to people that more easily they can find it out there um it's going to be beneficial And, and and the key thing is that they don't necessarily have to go to the agent anymore they can come find you directly Right. You just have to wave the flag and let them know you're here. And give, yeah, give them an easy way to do it. We always preach that in our classes of at Interachi is like, don't make it hard for a lazy millennial to book a home inspection with you. Make it very easy. Text, email, online schedule, whatever. Make it easy. Yeah. And, and speaking of the future, right? That's the next wave of home buying. The, the millennial generation is, is getting to the point where if, if they've escaped the student debt, right? Uh, that they, <laughs> right. There, there's a big pool of people who are, are going to become home buyers? I, I think I've read the biggest generation in, in history. I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. And inheriting um, the most money in history, um, you know, over the next twenty years, thirty years. Yeah, so that's that's where the future of home inspection is. Yeah, right. I mean, right there, it's it's catering to them, being being easy to book. What do we like to do? We like to pick up our phone and make it real easy because I have something else to do. So if mm-hmm. they can do that, then that that's that's a big future and and what we do. 
So a little more of a grim side on the more grim side of things. Like what, what are your thoughts on this amazing bull real estate market we've had for, you know, eight, eight, nine years. Um, Mm -hmm. one, what do you think about that? And two, does Florida ever have a slow time? Are you guys completely insulated from everything? (laughs) Come on. Well, (laughs) that's two questions. That's two questions. It, uh, does Florida have a slow time annually? Yes. Um, but it doesn't seem to happen that way because of the tourism and all, but that doesn't necessarily affect the real estate industry. Um, what we've found at least in Lakeland is it's like a lot of other markets in the sense that, uh, people hibernate during the winter, like a bear, and then school gets out and you don't have the kids in school anymore and you can move. So the summertime is still the peak time, uh, at least here in Lakeland. And, and it tends to be throughout central Florida, but, um, we're lucky to be in a growth state that has, you know, probably, I think, the estimate I've heard is about a thousand people moving into the state every, every day. Yeah. So, you know, that's 365,000 new people every day net in migration to the state. So that growth is a built in part of our economy here. Um, so, but when it comes to the economy, we've got this bull market, you know, that we've had we've been fortunate to have for some time. Um, and I think I've heard it's the longest in, in history. So it, there's, bound to be a correction the economy cyclical we know that you know there's contraction expansion plateaus and um and you know we're probably getting to the point you know where this one maybe will lose steam and there's been some decisions you know and 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 bureaucracy that maybe tempt you know poke the bear literally and figuratively right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh maybe with tariffs and things like that but you know at the end of the day we just try to control what we can control i you know, there, there will be another downturn in the economy. Who knows if it will be uh, or how big or how deep or how hurting it will be. Um, but I tend to, to think about it optimistically. Okay, so uh, the Great Recession we went through was the worst in our lifetime. Um, you know, some people out there will even say, gosh, it was really kind of almost a depression. And, and then before that, the worst was the Great Depression. And, and, you know, that's kind of been immortalized, you know, in American history. So when the next downturn comes, I'm, I'm not a financial guy, um, but I would guess that it probably won't be as bad as the last one. Right. Uh, so I think it's coming. I, I think we're lucky to have the, the bear market. I think you, you grab at it. I mean, the bull market, I think you grab at it as long as you can, um, you know, to, to try to get as much as you can from it as far as growing your business and, and whatnot. But if you've diversified your lead sources, I don't think you'll be hit as hard when the downturn comes. I agree. Completely agree on that mindset and view. Um, I have a financial background. So of course I nerd, I like nerding out to this stuff, but um, you know, (laughs) in the absence of a black swan event, you know, a, a gradual either increase in rates is not a bad thing as long as it doesn't turn negative. And if there's still, if there's still growth, but a little bit slower growth than we've been having, I think people mm-hmm. tend to freak out and mistake that for, um, you know, a contraction in the economy as opposed to, Hey, we're growing at 3% or 4% instead of five. It's okay. Um, right. Right. It's probably healthier and more sustainable. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, because you can't have incredible growth forever. It, then it becomes an inflationary thing and that's not good for anybody either. Um, right. So yeah, I uh, think, I, I think we've been lucky to have the, the bull market, but it, it will end. And, and um, I, I always operate off of this thing I call the six P's. It's, and it's an acronym. It's proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Okay. And if you control what you can control and, and you proper prior plan, then you will prevent poor performance. Love it. And so whatever is going to happen out there with the market, don't let that influence the gray matter between your ears, right? to make you think you can't do it or you shouldn't do it or let it be an excuse. So this is an inopportune time to do it because that doesn't matter. What matters is that you control what you can control your proper prior plan. And you, you will, you will be able to achieve your goals. Beautiful. Quick question on, since you have lived in the property management world, I'm always curious when we talk about diversifying revenue streams for inspectors is are inspections for property management companies a viable 
avenue or do most, pro- and I've spoken to a couple property management um, heads and some do it in-house. Um, they're, they're obviously different. They're more before and after type. Is that a viable market for home inspectors to even think about or worry about? Uh, it could be. I think it remains to be seen. I think it's one of those things where right now it would be a hard sell instead of a soft sell. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think the approach to them, your big firms, uh, maybe, you know, whether it's apartment communities or single family companies, they really like to vertically integrate and have everything in house that they can do. It's just going to be the cheaper way for them to do it. So they're, they're less likely, I think, to jump on board with that. Although I don't think it's impossible that they could, if you can provide value to them, um, but I think maybe some of your mom and pops, which, by the way, is really the biggest percentage of of single family you know rentals out there. If you can show value to those mom and pops more easily, it could be it could be a source of revenue and ancillary income for you. Whether it's um, whether you're getting out there, maybe writing a budget for them to turn an apartment or turn a house, or maybe you're just doing maybe more field service kind of work where you're just kind of okay doing a lockout and. And taking the photos and maybe a board up if if something really you know bad happened at the house and somebody kicked the window out or something, uh, there there could be opportunity there. Okay, just just curious your take on it. Um, yeah. So I think I think there's so many things we can go into, and that's that's what one of the things I've really fallen in love with with home inspection is it's not just home inspections. I mean, here in Florida we have the wind mitigation uh, inspections that we do. Uh, that's really pretty unique because of the hurricane threat we have here. We have you know, four-point inspections. You got radon. Uh, there's just so many ways you can go. The, the energy score and uh, what's really finally taking off in Florida is solar. Like, thank goodness, why Florida did you take so long? It's a sunshine <laughs> state, you know. Right. <laughs> what happened? What happened down there? You guys? So, um, so that's taken off too. So you know, I, the, the energy score. Uh, can can play into that too. So there's it's just a neat thing about home inspection. We we work in a really neat industry, and there's a lot of ways you can diversify uh, to stay relevant and offer value. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Is I, you know, leading into one of our last topics or questions is just where the industry's going, and I think diversifying and trying to do more in house as you're not just a home inspector anymore because so many companies are diversifying, and it, it's going to cause everyone to compete and get those extra certifications. Or think about, hey, can I do check-in, check-out inspections for property management firms? Um, you know, what else can you be doing? And that's insulating against a downturn, too. Yeah. It's a lot better than putting a Coke machine in front of your business. Yeah, yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I want to be respectful of your time and, and wrap up here. Um, but if if you had to give one piece of advice to a new or, you know, first year, second year home inspector, um, what would that be? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think just remember the six P's proper prior planning prevents poor performance. If you want to do this, if you want to be a home inspector out there, um, make sure your heart's in the right place. You know, I'm sure we're all in business to make money and, and you need it, but, uh, have your heart in the right place. Really try to help people. Be an educator. Be a teacher at heart. Uh, and then if you can do your due diligence and do your proper prior planning uh, without getting in your own way, without getting into analysis paralysis, right? Uh, if you can do that, then uh, you have a future ahead of you. And um, I, I look forward to working with you. <laughs> Love it. Solid advice. Sound. Um yeah. Anything else we didn't cover that you want to throw out there or anything else uh, that's on your mind? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we, we covered a bunch, man. We did this a very helpful, um, you know, you know, with you being such a success story out the gate. Um, I just, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share some of the wisdom. Uh, I'm sure lots of folks will get a lot out of this. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And if, right. if anybody has any questions, they can, give me a call or send me an email. And I don't, I'm sure you can put all that in the description. I'll put it in the description. Um, is the best way through email or should we throw your phone number on there too? What, how can people get a yeah. hold? Either way they can, they can call me or, or email me. Uh, I, I try to be open book as possible. Perfect. I'll throw the website on there too. Um, people check it out. It's, it's actually one of the nicer ones. One of the ones I'm most proud of, um, that that's Victor made. So 
be sure to check it out. Help his SEO out. Hit the site. With inspections. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, keep up the good work and, uh, you know, good luck going into busy seasons. I'm sure it'll be a whirlwind for you and uh, we'll, be, we'll be in touch. All right. We'll see you in Boulder uh, next month at the, the NACHI conference. Oh, that's right. We're going to have a great time. We're going to do a big Spectora event. So anyone, any any Spectorians out there, keep, uh, keep your ears peeled for details on that. We'll do something fun. Alrighty. All, All right. right, Kevin. Thanks a lot now. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye.